Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Indo Thick of It with Brandon and Kimothor, a podcast for couples navigating chronic illness. Today, we are doing a recap of the 2023 Indo Black Award Gala. Did I say that right? Gala? Or is it gala? Either is correct, actually. Ah. Mm hmm. Two time winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give our audience a little information about Endo Black. So, Endo Black Incorporated is a Black women led nonprofit organization advocating for African American women and women of color affected by endometriosis. Their philosophy is to engage, educate, and encourage Endo sisters everywhere. Um, Lauren is the founder of Endo Black, and at the event, she did have an opportunity to share her story of what sparked her to start this organization and what fuels her efforts to to continue to provide uh, education and support and community uh, amongst women of color who are dealing with this disease. So we had the opportunity to attend the award gala. My body almost shut it down, almost didn't make it. Um, but I'm so glad that, just glad that we we made it happen. We had a wonderful time. It was yeah. our first award gala. It was Endo Black's second annual, and they did a fantastic job. Yeah, man. I, I agree. I mean, you, you actually were like, um, hey, Brendan, you want to go to uh this gala with me? And I was like, sure. I don't know what happens at a gala. I don't know what they do at a gala. <laughs> I just know you dress up. And I thought it'd be nice to just um, put on some clothes, our, our, like just wear our best and just come on out and have a good time. And a good time was had. So, Indeed. All right. So, right. Okay. I want to set the scene here. Mm-hmm. All right. So we get to this um, beautiful hotel uh, and we walk in and there's this courtyard right on our right there's the a hotel and on the left there's the restaurant and we're like where do we go <laughs> we figure it out <laughs> we figured it out as a unit <laughs> and um and as soon as we walked in there was just a sea of black and yellow and and just black people everywhere i'm, I'm so glad that you had your first gala with one that uh, we could do it together and two that it was for an organization that i love so much uh, and it's a great it was a great way to to support their efforts yeah and you know and i i really enjoyed myself because like i not only learned a ton about the, the organization indo black um but also we we got such a we had a, such a great time just getting to know people you know and i'm starting to like really enjoy these kinds of events because like the people i wind up meeting and so man it's I was like, yo, this is really, really nice, you know? And we, when we're in, we're, we're in there, we're in the four-year area and like you hear all this good music and just hit after hit after hit. Like I remember hearing um, Frankie Beverly in there at some point, some Luther Vandross. <laughs> and um, we're thinking all of it is just recorded and turns out it's this guy playing the saxophone. <laughs> yeah, I know at first. Yeah, yeah, at first I can, yeah, I came in. I was like, man, that's some good speakers. Like, it mm-hmm. sounds really good. And turn around and yeah, it was a saxophone player there that was awesome. Um, his name was Craig Beach, Beecham. And so, so good. Uh, he was at the uh, first annual award gala last year too. I wasn't able to go, uh, but I was so glad that they brought him back and we were able to um, 
experience him this time. He did a fantastic job. Yeah. Man, he was he was super dope. And then like you think I'm thinking that oh they can't they can't get any better than this. You can't, you can't top this, right? Like this dude is crushing it. Like just keep the hits playing. Yeah, the violinist uh, was uh her name was Leanne uh L Strings Holmes. Mm-hmm. She killed it. Like um the saxophonist was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then when she came on, he was like, Oh, okay. And but she was um like uh, she took the event from being like chill jazzy cocktail hour she kind of took it another level um where it really started to to liven people up and get them really listening and engaged and singing along a little bit like um very very talented young woman yeah it was great man you know, I'm and I'm really I'm really surprised that um with all this good music there wasn't a lot of dancing. You know, but looking back on it, I I I think it's because like the people that we found ourselves talking to just like at the venue itself was like these were such amazing people with such amazing stories that like I don't I don't think anyone even thought about really dancing. I mean, besides a little two step at the table. <laughs> you know, but I th- I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, just I agree. Engaging like we, with people in conversation, you know. Yeah, we were definitely there late, just meeting people, getting to know folks. I was able to to hear multiple women's endometriosis experience. I was able to share mine with a few others, um, and just being able to validate each other, just to look in each other's eyes and be like. I feel you. I've been there. I know what you're going through. I know I've experienced what you've been through, um, as well as like the challenge of having providers that maybe don't don't look like us. Um, and and then on the other side side of the spectrum, the comfort that comes from providers um, who are actually like women of color, like like Dr. Soyini um, Hawkins, who was the keynote address and one of the awardees um, that evening. She's a minimally invasive gyne surgeon um, based out of, out of Georgia. And I just can see how people's eyes just light up. You just see a, a sea of Black women looking at this Black woman who has experienced what they've been through because her she shared her own endometriosis journey and seeing that she's a clinician who understands and who has made it her her passion and her ministry to just to serve this population and help women get their lives back you know it just was it was wonderful to witness wonderful to to witness it's something that I can I understand that a lot of people may not be able to under to understand like what's the big deal I guess um, of having a clinician that looks like you, but it's it's it really is huge. Um, there's there's a a comfort that comes with not only them looking like you, but because they look like you, knowing that they likely are aware of a lot of the challenges that you faced as a black woman, you know? So I just was so thrilled that people got to 
to be, then I was so thrilled that people were able to experience that event and feel this, this, that, that validation that it's, yeah, it's okay to want to seek out a, a, a clinician that, that looks like you. It's, it's okay. Um, Dr. Hawkins was a, is, was a great example of one of the reasons why, well, I should say multiple reasons why that, that's a, that can be a really great thing. Um, and can really provide you with peace of mind when you're navigating such a scary, um, you know, difficult condition. Mm-hmm. I think that that is such a true statement in that, um, like, and, and it kind of, it rings true in different areas too. Like uh, I remember when I was looking for um, a, a counselor or a therapist, right? Um, like one of the things that I was looking for was a therapist who was, and particularly a, a black male, right? And so it's rare that you get both of those. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, you either get someone who's the same gender as you, but not the same race, or you know, the same race but not the same gender. You know. Um, but like when you're when you're able to get to like both, you know, there's a sense of like, oh man, I feel like we can, I can really kind of like, um, let my guard down, so to speak, or at least mm-hmm. some of my guard, <laughs> you know, more of my guard than I I would have otherwise have, you know, um, and there's a sense of comfort because it's like, oh, this person, like, there's certain things I don't have to say. Because it's understood, right? You that know? right there is is a big one mm-hmm. for, um, for me. There's some there's there's things that we could say in mixed company, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but when it's things that re- that require the context of the black experience, that we don't want to have to say things that are going to require us to s- spend energy explaining it, right? You know, um, so it's not just about the person, the clinician, whomever being the same color as you, um, but it's also them having a, some element of their lived experience that parallels your own because because of the their skin color. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a a a one hundred percent certainty that that every black person you face is going to have a a comparable lived experience as like like yours, but it, it certainly is a lot greater chance of that <laughs> of the clinician having that when they are a person of color you know um even just the historical context of what it's like to be a black person navigating the healthcare system we've had no choice but to know about that versus other ethnicities who have the option to either learn about it or not so I that is something that I definitely appreciate, and it's something that I I bring to my my own clinical practice. Um, is even with my patients, the vast majority are people are people of color. I have not only studied, you know, social determinants of health, but and and some of the challenges that that can arise when you are part of a marginalized group. Um, I but I've experienced it too. So there's something about not only the person, your clinician being a person of color or a person that looks like you, but also that they've navigated the same things that you've navigated, you know, as well. So, yeah. And I, I've, I also found it very uh, striking in a, in a comforting way 
Is it well? It's, it's it's mixed, right? Like um, when you think about the health disparities for for black women, you know, um, like in it's like a different brand of gaslighting when you when you go to see um, clinicians and mm-hmm. to see and hear um, just this motif of um, black women experiencing the same thing, and I'm looking around the room and. Seeing, seeing all the head nods like, mm-hmm, yep, yes. yep, me too, yep, absolutely. Like, and, and so there is like such a built-in camaraderie that comes from that. Like, uh, you know, um, like I, I understand camaraderie through hardship, you know, because like the military, right? And, you know, and, and a lot of people like even uh, frat brothers, um sorority sisters like when you go through something hard with people and you can look to your left and your right and it's like yeah yeah i know that struggle there is a twisted sense of comfort that comes from that you know and you know so um while you you wish that this world that particular world didn't exist there's a comfort knowing that you're not alone in that and so like just just seeing all the head nods man was like and and even i felt seen because it's like <laughs> like i've i've walked through this with with you right you know and so like hearing hearing stories of other other people you know other women in the room like i was like yo like i i know these stories as well and um, yeah, it was a, it was a it was a magical moment being there. I can this is not to take anything away from any other events, but this was um, special. Mm-hmm. You know, felt special. What were a few of your your favorite moments? Um, oh man. So I'm I'm so excited. I'm I'm easily excitable. Anyways, just put that out there. But um, they had prizes, man, raffle prizes and a silent auction. And like I never win anything for <laughs> like in raffles, like and <laughs> and so um every my my general mode is like if I fill out a raffle ticket, I just go ahead and tell myself you're not winning. Don't worry about it. It's all good. We're here to have a good time. You're not winning anything, but we're here to have a good time. Let's have a good time, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've had I've had those things where I fill it out and like my get my hopes up, and then you know, and then I start hating on people who win. Like, oh. <laughs> but um, for this one, you know, like I I didn't have any expectations of winning, and you know, and then they called my name, and like I thought it was you because they was like, you know, um, I might butcher this name. <laughs> That's my bad because I I wrote your your raffle ticket and I scri- I definitely scribbled Brandon pretty pretty bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is Kimother. Duh. Uh, yeah, people struggle with your name all the time. No one struggles with Brandon, <laughs> so I'm I'm pointing at you like, yeah, Kimother, huh? Yeah. And she said Brandon. I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, okay, cool. I felt like my, I had an exotic name. No, I, Brandon. Like, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> um so I went up I went up and um I collected my um prize and it was something that I couldn't even use, but I was just happy I won. But you so. still won. <laughs> but you I still, still won. won. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Brandon. Brandon won. He won a a menstrual cup kit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about using it as a flask or something. You know, <laughs> a very creative shot glass, perhaps. You know, mm-hmm. it's very it's very bendy, and you know, I could kind of like I, I could see I can conceal that a little bit easier. You know, just kind of fold it up, put it in my my chest pocket if I need a little hit. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Not not quite how it works, but thank you uh, for your for your creativity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Another one was the um, silent auction because, like, I felt like I used some pretty good um, strategic skills in this one. You know, kind of waited until they were about to close, and then I snuck up, put my name on there, and it it was only one other name on the list, and so I kind of waited into the the last little bit and put my name down and. I want a beautiful candle set from um, T. Michelle's Candles. Um, wait, let me grab this because I want to make sure I, I get the name right. Because they smell amazing and it was packaged beautifully. And I guess for silent auctions, it's not necessarily winning because you're making a purchase. But it's for a good cause. But I did win because like, other people wanted it. So I won the, the privilege of purchase, purchasing this candle set. Yeah, T. Michelle Candle Company, hand poured candles. Ooh, can't wait to use these in our um, quality times, Kimether. In our uh, intimate moments, you know what I mean. All right, make it awkward, but okay. You know what I mean. They they but, are um, nice. Um, very nice, really man. Nice. And like, it's a nice little nice box and. Um, it came with an electric said nice lighter. Box, like, nice shoes. <laughs> well, well, it was. I, I like package. It was. It was a nice. It was a nice package that was put together. In but um, and, you know, confetti and stuff. <laughs> nice shoes. Nice shoe strings. <laughs> so, so random. Oh my gosh. Um. So it came with two candles. Um, a, an electric lighter. Um, a wick cutter and a snuffer. Wick cutter. What I said? Wig. I said wick, but you know what? I didn't. I didn't over enunciate the the K in there. Wick cutter. One of my favorite moments were definitely learning more about the awardees. Um, so not not all of them were able to be in attendance, but the vast majority were. And I know Heather Gadone, the winner of the Outstanding Ally Award. Well deserved. Um, uh, absolutely. Uh, but I this was my first time actually getting to meet her um, in person, like one on one. She was at the Endometriosis Summit last year, but didn't get a chance to actually speak with her. She's just as amazing as I as I knew she would be and that everyone has told me that she that she is. But the uh, other awardees, I either knew just a little bit about them or had not um, known much about them before the uh, awardees for the gala were announced. So thank you so much to Endo Black Inc. for not only acknowledging these individuals' efforts, but raising awareness for what they are doing. Like Shantana from mm-hmm. the Sister Girl Foundation 
just blew me away with her with her story as well as Natasha um yes. who was the Catalyst of Change award I mean oh my gosh uh she she brought her daughter mm. up on stage with her when accepting her award and she wrecked me wrecked me she wrecked me oh my gosh and <sighs> and I'm sure she wrecked all the vast majority of us in the room um because what mm-hmm. other what what better example of of like saying you know what i i'm about to be a callous of change because this is something that's impacting my own daughter and i i i am going to do everything that i can to to make change with this with this disease and how it's being uh approached especially in the black community um she just was so um, impactful, and it was very, very clear from each of the awardees why they were selected for for the the award that they were they were given. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Hawkins, I like I said, I I knew of Dr. Hawkins. I uh, had seen her speak. Um, online at another event. I followed her on Instagram. I love that she was a woman of color who was also a minimally invasive gyne surgeon and who um, was had expertise with fibroids and endometriosis. But even she, as a keynote speaker, even she shared some of her story. And I had no idea that she had fibroids and stage four endometriosis. And as she was telling her story, I was being just filled with validation and feeling so seen because you don't get to hear too often endometriosis journeys from clinicians. Like I I realized that like people like to hear from me because they don't often get to hear what it's like navigating chronic illness as a clinician. So I, I hear a lot of endometriosis stories and I absolutely value every single one of them. But hearing Dr. Hawkins' story was one of the few times that I've really felt fully seen and validated because there's a small, much smaller group of people with endometriosis who can relate to the side of you know being a clinician as well. Like there's a an extra layer. This is gosh, there's there's a few extra layers when you are also a clinician. Like there's guilt and and shaming of yourself for not knowing better because you are a clinician. There's the demands of being a clinician and trying to balance that with your own health, which clinicians, we're like notorious for not taking good care of ourselves because we pretty much prioritize our our careers and our patients um, above everything else. And also there's there is a high standard of always having your stuff together um, as <laughs> when, when you're a clinician, because if you're a clinician and you also are likely also, an, you know, a high achieving individual in general, a- academically and professionally. So to have an area of your life that's kind of falling, feels almost like it's falling apart or it's unclear or uncertain um, can be really it can be really difficult to to juggle. And this is not at all uh, minimizing anyone else's struggle. Um, but Dr. Hawkin accepting the Endo Medical Disruptor Award 
it really did also break me. <laughs> it also encouraged me so much because she's making such an impact in the community with the challenges that she was was given. Like she's a, a phenomenal example of taking pain and turning it into purpose. And I just love the impact that she's able to have now. Um, and um, I already just thought she was an amazing um, clinician and, and person bef- before the award gala. But now I I see her almost like like um as sort of like kinfolk type <laughs> now cuz because because she can relate to to being a black woman twin in childbearing you know dealing with infertility told that she just had fibroids ended up having fibroids and stage for endometriosis chose to then to, to devote her life to helping others have a better experience with navigating their diagnoses moving forward. I mean, just amazing. So um, listen, hearing her speak, her keynote address really did speak to me. And then I, I did get to also talk with her during the event just to, I was like, I just, it's like, I have to thank her directly. Uh, to to let her know that I too am a black woman, a clinician, and I have fibroids and endometriosis. And navigating that as a clinician was very complex and challenging. But, but I am so encouraged mm-hmm. by your story and how you're living out your life, and and even just like the even just her making it clear that like. This isn't just a job for me. Like, this is like a ministry for me. I relate to that wholeheartedly. And it was just really nice to meet another clinician who who feels that way, who has experienced what I've experienced and yeah. is doing it well. Yeah. You guys are definitely kindred spirits. Um, I definitely, um, as she was um, delivering her keynote speech, um, saw a lot of, like, similarities there you know and in particular like when she's like she took her like her pain and you know and kind of made it like her superpowers i'm paraphrasing um but i've I've witnessed you do the same thing you know like i've I've witnessed that strength in you and like i've i've seen that strength in others like at, at this event and other events you know i'm just particularly like um, women who have um, come out, um, I won't even say come out on the other side because this is something that is like, you're still in it, you know, and, but you're being useful, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and I think this is the remarkable thing about endometriosis and, and the, the strength of these people who have been afflicted by endometriosis and, and the like and other chronic illnesses, you know, to still remain like useful to the community. You know, no one's hiding. No one's like just going into this cave. And um, even though you may feel like doing that, you know, but like every, this community is such a uplifting community for each other and like providing support for one another and resources for one another and platforms for one another. And just all these things. And, and it's like, no one's an, an island, you know? And so I, I've been just moved by the camaraderie, been moved by the support 
you know, and and the understanding like of you know of of everyone. So mm-hmm. another one of my favorite moments was definitely the spoken word artist. Yeah. Um, that was that was a shared one i was going to share that one too Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) oh i do share that one so yeah yes yeah uh (laughs) jeffrey it was jeffrey g poetry so jeff wrote a piece Mm -hmm. about endometriosis and he had everyone's attention because it was you you didn't realize that what he was talking about initially but then when it was clear, it all made so much sense. And then his words were validating every single person in that room who had endometriosis. Yes. He spoke like someone who had closely yes. observed and knew the nuances of this disease and we could not leave without making sure that we thanked him directly also because he did brother did his research he did man he did his research to create that piece he was he was not he was not playing. He didn't, he did not come to play when it came to yeah. that to that piece. I don't know how long it took him to do it. And <laughs> he was like if you think I came to play with you, God dang it, I did. I, he's <laughs> for real. Like he had everyone in there so amazed at, because first off, it's not often. I personally have never heard a, a poem about endometriosis. Mm-hmm. So to even hear the the condition being described in this beautiful way was awesome. Yes. Um, but then when, as he's explaining what it's like to wrestle with this disease, man, everybody was in there like, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. yep, mm-hmm. Like it was a, a lot of, a lot of that because he like, He's 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 he was speaking our words, and that's what I love about poetry. Yes, is that for those who are talented and brave enough to take their words that's in their head and put them on paper and speak, is that people can relate to it. People can say, "Oh my goodness, these are all the things that I've been thinking about and struggling with," and you somehow put all those words together and made them sound beautiful. You turned Mm -hmm. them into art. Can't wait to talk to him more about about this about his piece, and I would love for him to to continue to create more. I I was just blown away that this was number one his first poem about endometriosis. You know, um, I thought this is what he did, like you know, just with the skill that he delivered this and the way that it impacted the listeners. Um, I was like, oh, this this what you got any more stuff about? endometriosis and he's been he's but he's he's no novice he's been um um i learned that he's been um a spoken word artist for about 16 years which is a long time to do anything <laughs> you know and and we began to just talk and and you know for for my listeners who don't know like i like to write i'm, I'm artsy fartsy and so we began to just have dialogue and conversations about 
just the creative process, you know, and how um, how we have to internalize, you know, and just like Kimmether, you found uh, a kindred spirit. I found a kindred spirit as well <laughs> that night. So it was just an amazing, um, it was an amazing um, conversation that I got a chance to have with uh, Jeff G. Poetry. I also really enjoyed getting to meet some other advocates in the area. I met uh, a couple of patient advocates. I met uh, several women who are who deal with endometriosis, but live maybe a little bit further away. But they were able to come to this event. I I probably would not have met them any other way. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad that that. So many people came out for this, even if they came by themselves, everyone left with a friend. <laughs> yeah. Which was so really awesome. Oh, and that was the other thing, like <laughs> that that was, you know, cool. Like just just going back to like the camaraderie and like just just understanding one another, right? Like you would say stuff like, girl, I almost ain't come. And then another woman would be like, girl, me neither. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And not because like you guys weren't excited about the event. It's just like you just understand that like endometriosis is a son of a bee. Like some days you just don't have it in you, you know, and some like most days you just you got to push through and, and you do you give it your best shot every day. And then, you know, and then you're rewarded with an amazing events like this sometimes, you know. Right. That was another thing that uh, I used to fuel me to get going because I wasn't I wasn't feeling well. I was extremely fatigued and mm-hmm. been dealing with some pain. And I almost convinced myself to not go. I was like, you know what? The cost of the ticket is going to a good cause. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I just want to stay in this bed for two days. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew that I wouldn't be the only person who yeah. was d- dragging themselves to get dressed, get cute, put on makeup, do their hair, put on a fancy dress, navigate their bloating because mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're not uh, you know feeling their greatest and get there. So every person that I met, I I would introduce myself, say hello and say I'm so glad that you were able to come. Regardless yeah. of whatever challenges you had that tried to stop you from coming, I just said that to, to each person that I met because I knew that there was a good chance that they probably struggled to get there too. I'm so happy you invited me to this event. I'm so glad that you came with me. I I really love when we get to share these things you know, things together, and. I love bringing you into this endometriosis community because the community has has been nothing but supportive and and loving uh, towards towards me. And also, I learned so much just getting to know more and more people in -hmm. in this community, too. So I know that if you're you're with me and, you know, you're a very dynamic person, you're going to mingle and talk with folks and get to know others too that you'll get to learn uh, a lot as well mm-hmm. was there anything new about endometriosis or what it's like to live with endometriosis that you learned at the at the gala I, I wouldn't say um, new 
I, I think uh, the, the thing that speaks to me more than anything is, is story, right? And so, um, like, like facts and statistics and stuff, um, those, those are great, but it doesn't, those don't really tug at my heartstrings like a, like a story does. Um, one thing that I, that I learned that was, that was new was, um, from Lauren, you know, the founder and just kind of hearing her story, you know, and, and her why, right. And, um, you know, just, and I found that very, um, very impactful, man, you know, and just, and, and I think, I don't think I'm um, unique in that. I think story is what kind of tugs on most people's hearts. So if you're able to lay statistics and facts in story, then I think for most people, um, that's what really drives home for them. So I was very impacted by the stories of um, the brave women who, who got up and, and shared their story, shared their lives with us all. Um, and the camaraderie of just the people who who've experienced who've had, who have experienced um, similar things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it saddens me that so many of us struggle and have been through so yeah. much. Um, but then I am encouraged that we're all now together fighting to make change. Yeah. But I look forward to the day where we can all rest. <laughs> oh, that was that was the thing that got me right um, when the, when the keynote speaker, um, what was her name again? Love, Doctor Hawkins. Doc, Doctor Hawkins. Hawkins. She said um, she looks forward to the day where her uh, expertise is no longer needed. You exactly. Know, and, that that struck me because like um you know that's that's how you know like she's like this is this is mission work for her this is her ministry you know and that her hope is in um the healing of this um disease and condition you know um and it was also just really hard to wrap my mind around. I was like, but <laughs> like when she said it, I was like, but but how would you live? And it was like, oh, she just, like if the disease is gone, she could find, she could do whatever she wants to do, mm-hmm. you know. And like it frees her up to do whatever, man. And you know, and then like and then start thinking about like everyone that this disease has touched, you know, when the day that it no longer exists, right? You know, I'm just just kind of looking at that, man. Just like, man, this is, you know, not to say that like every one of you guys aren't amazing, you know, and and powerful um, powerhouses of people, but I I think that's such a, I don't know, it's such a tremendous um, goal and something to look forward to. And man, if that doesn't put a battery in your back, I don't know what will. Thank you for listening to this episode of End Don't Think of It. And No Think of It is a podcast that is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. If you enjoy it and wish to support, you can buy us a coffee. The link to do that is in our show notes and in the Endo Think of It Instagram bio. No material we cover is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Kimather, me, is a healthcare professional, and some of our guests are too, but they're not your healthcare professional in this format, and we're not providing individualized medical advice or practicing medicine on this podcast. 
So always speak to your healthcare provider about your individual needs and concerns and before starting a new healthcare regimen. This podcast is not a substitute for any professional medical advice and no clinician-patient relationship is formed. Never disregard professional medical advice because of something mentioned by anyone on this podcast. Using any of the information from this podcast or any of our platforms is at your own risk. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time.